0: Wow! Hello and welcome to the Born Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mister Pete Donaldson himself. Pete, hey, Dan. The on? podcast has
1: begun. Peter is in situ. Chris is in situ. They're about to talk about
0: Japan for half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> you make it sound you make it sound like torture P. How dare you?
1: And once you again, been? Chris, you're in a situation where it is like it O'clock at night, and you are drinking mother flipping uh, <laughs> coffee, iced coffee. I, ju- I just fear for you. This is the subject that we always start the start the show with. I'm sorry if this is a repeat, but I'm ju- you 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 gave up for a little while. Now you're back on the sauce, the bad sauce, the brown sauce, the gravy.
0: It's bad. Like where my studio is, it's not too far from a coffee shop. And I got some iced coffee. I've, I've just come mm. back from cleaning my studio Pete, Mopping the floor, no less. There I was in a big mopping room.
1: Mopping the floor.
0: Mopping the floor alone how in silence. How often are you going to do that then? I thought you'd have someone to look after the old mopping of the floor. <laughs> I should, yeah. I, I, I don't know how I'd feel hiring someone to just come in and mop my floor. Mop in the my floor. Of my videos. Mop it. <laughs> I'm sure that people would be loved to do it. Get some visas. Do you want get some a visa visas into get, Japan? Well, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd be like, you remember
1: that um, scene in, uh, I think it's Quantum of Solace, where James Bond is in the foreground and there's a guy in the background and he's just sweeping silently. Uh, he's not he's not touching the floor. And he's, it, it was left in the film, even though it looked fucking ridiculous that he wasn't even touching
0: the floor. Because it would make a big noise, wouldn't it? So he didn't want to make a big noise. Fair point. That's, mm. I didn't notice that. I was too busy wondering why Quantum of Solace was so dreadful when I watched it. <laughs> I, why, how did they screw up like Casino Royale is not only one of my favourite Bond films it's one of my favourite films of all time like cinematography mm. the story the emotion and then there was Quantum of Solace and I'm not going to rant about it now but what were is they Quantum doing Quantum of Solace the one with um, the uh, De Batista on a train is that that one no that's that's Spectre that came out after that's there Spectre was right Casino Royale Quantum of Solace Skyfall and Spectre and Spectre was a bit not Good as well mm. But there's a new one Coming out next month Or this month October So Looking forward to that You're not really a Bond fan though Are you are not like me You're not big no, on Bond No
1: I mean I, I like Daniel Craig In pretty much everything he, He's been mm. in um, And I, I like this Kind of modern Kind of rough and tough Bond But uh, Rough and tough Yeah it's, it, was never, it was never Something that uh, Excited me back
0: in the day Unfortunately For them <laughs> Well I mean My first glimpse of Japan Was as a kid I was obsessed with Bond And I watched You Only Live Twice where he comes from, mm. right? So, my obsession or my love of Japan, obsession's a strong word, my love of Japan started at the tender age of nine, watching You Only Live Twice, where James Bond becomes Japanese, where they basically <laughs> salotape his eyes. <laughs> oh, they salotape yeah. his eyes, don't they, to make him look oh, Japanese. Oh, it's, it's awful. It's, it's a great film. It's just, it, but, it's uh, just a great film, fantastic
1: <laughs> film. Stands up I even did- today.
0: I did watch it last year, and I did think, "Oh dear, this this doesn't work." Oh dear, now. And, oh dear and I'm this, surprised this it worked really back in 1960. This really isn't great. <laughs> this should
1: not be allowed to. It, it, my dad watches a lot of um, a station called a TV station called Talking Pictures UK, and it's basically just loads of films from the 50s and the 60s, mm. uh, and even earlier than that. And before every one, it says uh, this film was made back in the day when things were different <laughs> sure. and it's every single one. And it always makes me laugh that little wee disclaimer you got to put, uh, in front of every film. That's a little bit
0: long in the tooth. That's, uh... Absolutely. I think in many ways, you know, you, you watching, you only live twice. It's almost like really? shocking cinema these days. Cause I think if you show it to an audience who watching it for the first time, they'd be like, Oh my God.
1: Cause oh, he's mate, like,
0: it's like, we... like Bond getting massaged by like five women. And, uh, james bond's japanese equivalent uh whose name i can't recall it's tanaka or something he's like Mm. in japan bond men come first and they're all getting massaged by these women and he's like oh i like japan and to to be fair (laughs) the men coming first (laughs) hasn't really changed since 1967 anyway but uh i don't know it 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 is a bit shocking when you watch it, especially where the sort of character who does come first to be quite frank (laughs) i don't care about (laughs) women's pleasure But like, uh, yeah, he has to become Japanese. He's like, you must become Japanese, a son, and they strap him to a ser- a surgical table. Spoilers: mm. basically, get a wig, put a wig on him, and salatape his eye, like his eyelids up to look Asian. Right, and it is okay. the most preposterous thing okay. that I've I'm ever go- I'm seen. I'm googling this, James. Hang on, James I'm on it's great, James. and he and he doesn't it's look great. remotely Japanese. He's just Sean Connery with some salotaped eyebrows and a wig. Of course, it's Connery. <laughs> of course, it bloody is.
1: Unbelievable. Oh, good God. The only good thing is the uh, the Oh, the, the wow. Villain. That is horrific. That is I'm not something... exaggerating, right? Why have they given him like a kind of weird kind of Ian Brown haircut
0: as well? <laughs> he has to become Japanese. He's, he's Japanese.
1: I'm sure I... <laughs> that's
0: why rich men wear kimonos these days. <laughs> but he, he comes to Japan and he, the reason he does it is he has to infiltrate this volcano, which yeah. the villain lives in, in like Kagoshima. And... Uh, And he has to blend into a fishing community as a Japanese person. But he doesn't look Japanese. And all the fishing villages are like, wait a minute. Why is there this white guy? Why is there this Scottish (laughs) guy walking around looking like that? What's going on? Probably aroused more suspicion than if he'd just not worn a disguise. Anyway. He's a a a certified Japanophile, mate. He's a certified Japanophile. He loves it. And speaking of certified certified, certified Japanophile. Uh, this week we got a few messages from you guys um, with a photo uh, allegedly of Pete Donaldson from 1890. Uh, we got one here from mm. Dan. He says, Dear Chris and Pete, Dan from South Wales here. Uh, as a fellow Japanophile, I have many J- Japanese-related groups on social media where in one group I discovered Pete Donaldson's secret, that he is, in fact, a time traveller. Please see the attached proof. And uh, Warren from Birmingham says, No story for me, guys, but I came across this photo and thought it looked a little... Like certified Japanophile, Pete, do you think there is a resemblance? And if you type into Google Western Tourist Japan 1890, um, Mm. you'll find this photo. It comes up everywhere. And it's Pete Donaldson wearing samurai armour, clutching a katana in 1890. What do you think, Pete? Um, I'll say that my beards look better, to be
1: quite frank. I reckon I could probably grow a better beard than this absolute chump. But, yeah, he (laughs) he looks very much like the carbon... Uh, impression the carbon copy of uh, everyone's uh, uh, how everyone imagines uh an otaku who's gone like a white otaku who's gone out to um to japan he looks ever so pale ever so slight ever so thin ever so unwell <laughs> he's wearing glasses like me yeah it, i mean i'm, I'm not saying it, t- it doesn't look like me i'm just saying i probably would have sm- smiled in that picture because he doesn't look very happy does he he doesn't look overly happy. No, I get a photo. I guess people back then didn't smile that much in photographs because uh, you had to sort of stand for ages to get your picture taken.
0: Whenever it's someone who's got sort of swept over hair and glasses, they send people mm. just send me photos and be like, "Look, it's Pete Donaldson," or a photo <laughs> of like a young Colonel Sanders. Look, it's Pete Donaldson. Yeah, There's so many photos that look like you, Pete. I'm starting to wonder if you're a time traveling individual. And you're not really from Hartlepool. It's all all a front. Such a generic face, which means that (laughs) I'd probably,
1: I I reckon, I'm probably not that ugly, (laughs) and I'm definitely not that handsome because I'm just too generic. I'm too generic to offend anyone. No one's going to go, hmm. I'd like a drink. He's a tall drink of water. I'd like a slice of that guy, Um, (laughs) but but also, he's just a generic man, so he can't be that ugly. You can't. I mean, or maybe just the, the the means average of every man is just a bit rank looking. So maybe, maybe I'm dragging. Maybe I'm just keeping everyone on the straight and narrow by having the world's most generic face. When I was at the uh, Wrestle Me Live Show at the weekend, at the uh, Podcast Festival in London. Uh, if any mm. listeners who listen to we Japan uh, listen to that, thanks very much for uh, coming down. Had a lovely time meeting a lot of you, and um. Yeah, I I, I I dressed up as the wrestler uh, wrestling manager Jimmy Hart, um, who was like a kind of chip monkey kind of looking guy. He's quite fat in the face, but as soon as I put that <laughs> wig on, Chris, I inhabited the Hart life, Look. so to speak, and I looked rather like Jimmy Hart. Incredible!
0: I will have to see a photo to, to see this. Perfect cosplay. I, I am it. a perfect cosplayer, Chris. I might dress up oh. as you one day. And brilliant. what would that entail? How would you dress up I'm
1: just going like to go Well, I'll just wear a, a polo shirt, some dark <laughs> dark drip, some dark clothes. Hey. Um, I'd have some nice curly tousled hair and a little beard. And my front would be covered in chicken grease. <laughs> <laughs> How
0: dare you? How dare you? I um, yeah. got some worrying news this week, actually. I, what, do you know, okay. um, I've discovered something completely off topic something that I'm, mm. I've been on the edge of my seat the last few days quite literally and metaphorically, because there is what i didn 't know right in Japan there's a, a way that they can detect if an earthquake's going to happen, like an earthquake mm. forecast, in the yeah. same way you'd get for like a weather forecast right and right. Uh, this week, apparently there's a magnitude seven earthquake coming sometime around the 10th of uh, September so i think by the time this comes out i'm not sure if it would have happened or not but i didn't know you mm. could forecast an earthquake like that That's i didn't know amazing. you could be like oh yeah on 11th you're gonna die and it's <laughs> it's a little bit nerve-wracking because obviously sendai yeah. was the closest major city to the, the big one uh about 10 years ago and and there was that really big one back in january or february which i wasn't i don't think i was in sendai for at the time i was a bit further north but uh yeah, it's, it's pretty nerve-wracking, though, and I'm, I don't know how to feel about it, especially as my studio, which is it's a nice studio. Freshly it's mopped. It's quite an old building. Well, it's a freshly mopped studio, but it's quite an old building. <laughs> and there's, like, cracks in the wall and stuff, visible cracks that look like oh, no. they've been there since, like, 1980. And mm. yeah, I, I, I just foresee a, disp- a depressing future by the end of this week where my brand-new studio comes crashing down in a sea of dust and ruin. Am I being paranoid, Pete? <laughs> I don't know. It's like a hundred percent chance of earthquake, apparently. Yeah. Well, I think Earth, <clears throat> I I wouldn't want to know
1: unless, <clears throat> excuse me, unless it was like one of those ones where you have to leave. You just have to leave and mm. go somewhere else in Japan, or or fly out, or or just get the hell out of dodge. Um, I probably wouldn't want to know <laughs> that one was coming because I'd be like, oh, here it is, because I'd just be thinking about it for the next like three or four days. So it's going to be arriving. We're recording on the seventh here. I don't think we're um, spoiling anything by saying we record a little bit early, and and it's going to be happening on the Friday. What a way to start the weekend! You could almost time it (laughs) to be—I don't know—in the middle of Sexual Congress and sort of say, (laughs) "Did the Earth move for you, darling?" Etc. The the old joke about the earthquake. Like you could be doing something. You could. You could be recording an abroad in Japan bit of footage and have the earthquake start, and that would be exciting, wouldn't it? could have the camera rolling, couldn't
0: I? Have the and camera rolling. split earthquake for views. That's a very huge yeah, uh, thing yeah. to do, isn't it? Yeah,
1: earthquake, huge, uh, uh, the first um, <laughs> earth earthquake tube. captured on abroad in Japan.
0: The first, I like, that's quite a good idea, actually. See, yeah, that's a, a good example. Here on the Abroad in Japan podcast, we like to turn suffering to our advantage by filming <laughs> it. A bit like the North Korean <laughs> missile. Uh, yeah, We've got exactly. one story here. That was a big hit. It was a big hit. Let's see if I can capital- capitalise on it again. The only thing I am worried about, <laughs> though, is like being in a, elevator or something a lift yeah when there's an earthquake what happens then pete does the lift stop have a little wobble does around it, does it just drop do you just plummet to the earth Probably no, oh, no. I mean, yeah. most elevators
1: and most modern elevators, um, they've, they've they've got plans. I, barely anyone dies in elevators these days. So I think they would be because at the end of the day, you've got um, <clears throat> you've got springs on the bottom, you've got counterweights. There's so many different things that they you know, so many different things that they sort of uh, plan uh, when it comes to uh, hmm. when it comes to lifts. I'm always surprised about how robust they are because they really do rattle a big metal box up like fifty floors or
0: something. It's crazy. <laughs> Well, I feel strangely comforted, Pete. Thank you yeah. very much. If there's an earthquake comes now, I'll be in an elevator. The elevator will snap, <laughs> but it'll bounce off the floor and I'll film yeah. it my iPhone, get 10 trillion views, And buy some chicken. we got a story this week from Ethan uh, from Seattle, Washington. It says, hello, guys. My name is Ethan from Seattle. Ever since going to Japan, when I was starting university four years ago, I've made it a personal goal to go each year. Uh, The first time I went alone with a friend at the age of 20 for a whole month, I decided I would take advantage of the drinking age, which is, of course, 20. Late Mm. one night at 3 a.m., I'd just finished my fourth Tall Strong Zero and yes, I did make a mess later on, uh, but before that, we were walking back to the 711 to get more. Good God, Ethan, you're mad. That's, there's strong right Strong zero comes in two sizes, normal can size and tall size. Yeah. four cans, tall size of strong zero is a death sentence. But it's Why not really sort of, It's not
1: really sort of measured in liters or um, centiliters. it's very much measured in problems. Um, it's <laughs> it's like one can of strong zero is a problem, and five <laughs> strong zeros are
0: five problems. That's how they measure it measured. <laughs> Should be measured in buckets of sick. That stuff's lethal. <laughs> but anyway, Ethan says, uh, I went back to 7-Eleven to get more, like you do. What we yep. saw next stopped us <laughs> and made us think twice. For context, we were staying in a hostel in Adachi, a somewhat out-of-the-way area in northern Tokyo, known for its gangs in the past. Still, felt safer than anywhere in the US, but oh well. Anyway, the street at that time was vacant, and uh, right before entering the store, a taxi slowly pulls up across the silent, dark street. We watch for a few seconds before its automatic doors open and spits out a Japanese businessman. It all seems he was involuntarily ejected from the taxi. Uh, He then hit the ground with a thud. You know, sound effects like that. Mm, He sat there for a few seconds before the taxi door closed itself and he disappeared into the night. The man lay there straddling a a nearby tree and moaned, we decided against getting more strong zero. So Chris, Pete, have you seen crazy drunk happenings at night while in Japan, all the best guys, Ethan from Seattle. Uh, there seems to be like a, a part of the story missing. I'm assuming the guy didn't pay, or he was so drunk he was sick in the taxi. Um, yeah, sounds like it. Sounds like a soiling charge on, to me, Chris. <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, I don't think I've ever been sick in a taxi. I'm a man of class, Pete. <laughs> I'm not so <also laughs> sure of about yours. <laughs> no, I've I've never.
1: I'm not a pukey guy.
0: Um, yeah.
1: I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm rarely um, sick, even when drinking to excess. So, uh, yeah, I'm a I'm a hardened drinker, unfortunately, um, <laughs> uh, it seems. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Shibuya is always like one of those places where, you know, certainly post-Halloween, everyone's just lying on the ground and drunk. And I remember sort of coming out of my uh, apartment uh, in the Love Hotel district of Shibuya, and um, there was just a guy who was like half in the... Like the room, half in the like the lobby and half out of the lobby, but his head, Homer Simpson style, was just getting bashed by the closing of the, uh, no. of the door, of, of the automatic door. It was like something out of the fucking Simpsons. It was hilarious. Um, oh my but God. No one was, uh, like, but the, the, thing, the thing that gets me is no one seems to bat an eyelid. No one seems to go, oh my God, are you okay? Because literally everyone is just rolling around in those little planters uh, that line... Um, the 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 streets of, of Shibuya. Actually, it's yeah. insane. People just drink and drink and drink, uh, and they just can't <laughs> handle it, and they just you know they just sleep it off outside in the in the
0: Fair in point. the ant-filled planters. Yeah, and I mean that Twitter page uh, Shibuya Meltdown is a. Mm. Uh, if if you want to see what goes on in Shibuya, guys, just go on Endless. Twitter Shibuya Meltdown. It is mm. insane how many people just make a mess of things around Shibuya, and it's it's mm. particularly Shibuya and bits of Shinjuku, but. Yeah. It's pretty damn bad. I mean, I have actually been drunk in, I'm going to say, 18 months. Uh, properly drunk. What? That's pretty impressive, right? It's pretty good. Yeah, I guess fact, so. Well, I guess probably you, a few you, weeks you... after I last saw you was the last time I got drunk.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We got a bit drunk there. We got a bit merry, I think that's mm. fair to say. You didn't even get... Um... Absolutely wazzed with uh, with Connor when you uh, stayed in that. We'll, we'll talk about your video with Connor in, oh the, in the stinking hotel room next uh, show. But um, you didn't even get uh, get a little bit Dutch courage before you entered that monstrosity.
0: When you are breathing in four kinds of mold at once, Pete, Ugh, you don't need so a, you disgusting. don't need to consume any so other rank. horrors. And thank God Absolutely we didn't drink because I. I had to drive, drive us out of that hotel, right? I had to drive away. So if, if I had drunk something, we would have been indefinitely screwed. But that's mm. a, story, a story for next week. But um, I, the, what I will say is don't ever get drunk the night before and then do something the next morning that involves eating sushi. I don't know if yes. you've ever been in that situation. But I, yes, I love sushi. I <laughs> but don't ever go to a sushi restaurant if you're badly hungover right yeah, I've done because it twice, the smells and it smells good. like um the, the smell of fish is
1: frequently unwelcome and it's certainly unwelcome when you're hungover mm. and and I, look I speak from uh, the position of a man who ate uh, an entire bowl of steak tartare um very hungover <laughs> on Sunday morning after the WrestleMania and uh, clash of the titles live shows I was terribly um and I ate it I was like you know what that wasn't the best choice it was delicious because it had tabasco <laughs> And uh, but um, it was not the best choice because uh, I, f- I felt rather unwell afterwards. Uh, and I would say that, um, I was remembering Osaka having an absolute skin full, hmm. getting about four hours sleep, getting up the next day, sitting in a Starbucks, just so- sort of really thinking about my life and where it's <laughs> gone wrong, uh, and then deciding, you know what, let's get <laughs> some food, let's go and get some sushi. Uh, and, and it wasn't, um, it, was, it was difficult sushi. It wasn't like a very polite bit of sashimi, uh, a little kind of dragon roll or whatever. It was very much uh, a bit of this and a bit of that from every anemic oh. white bit of fish you could find in the sea. And, you know, different animals. And there were tentacles. And it was just like, oh, mate, I pride myself on being quite level
0: headed when it comes to food. But this was, uh, it's
1: a little bit much, a little bit much, to be honest.
0: Yeah, squid in particular. I remember last year, the last time I was probably drunk, I uh, I went to your favourite bar, actually, Bar Rockaholic, I think. The sort yes. of the rock bar in Shibuya that uh, Pete loves so much. you got to go there, guys, if you come to Japan. Go there. You'll probably bump me to Pete, all right, at some point. But I went there, <laughs> and I was going through this phase where I was drinking Baileys quite a lot, the Irish right. cream. Beautiful drink, Baileys, love it. Mm. But in Japan, and this is important, you must never drink Baileys because nobody drinks it. So what happens is the bottles opened – and then it just sits there for like five or six years. Mm. And certainly by the time I get around to it, and as I, as I did, it had clearly been there a long time. But I downed it and then my stomach was screwed. And this happened oh. on three different occasions on three different bars across three different prefectures. I had Baileys, I was very badly sick, and I'm never sick when I'm drunk. Uh, but on this particular morning, I had a meeting with like a powerful business individual, nice woman, uh, had a meeting with her. And she decided to take me for sushi lunch at like a top restaurant in Ginza. Mm. And I was sick until like seven or eight, nine o'clock in the morning. The meeting was like 11 or 12. Mm. And I remember it was hell. I sort of walked in. I was like, oh. And then it was like, because it was like a $250 meal for like a plate of sushi. It was one of those ones where the chef does one piece of fish at a time, puts it before you, you sort of study it and you sort of look at it and then you put it in your mouth. And every single one was like, oh, 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 "It's really good, yeah." Oh, oh, no. and just trying so hard not to be sick. And the good mm. thing is, I got through it. But I did have to do something rude and refuse one or two pieces of fish. I was like, "Oh no, I'm so full. I can't eat that half a squid. Take it back." And you know, the chef was quite kind about it. And uh, but no, don't don't ever get, don't don't drink babies don't in Japan, do it. and Look- don't have sushi on a hangover. Uh, no. For the love of God, uh, we'll be it's back with your questions. Dream. It is we're back with your questions and stories in the fax machine in just a moment.
1: It's transfer deadline day. Ashwood City are drifting under manager Sven joran Eriksson, and chief executive Patrick Nolan is willing to do whatever it takes to turn things round. Look, look, it's just for a season or two. You know, we, we get them really cheap. You know, ten percent
0: of what they're worth in some cases, and. The sponsors it would attract, as well as the cashier. Patrick Nolan,
1: MBE, stop talking. This is a fucking Tevez and Mascherano player heist. In the award-winning football mockumentary, The Offensive, the thick of it meets the Premier League, and things are about to reach breaking point in the boardroom. That's the rules, Woody. Oh, so now we like the rules, do we? Woody, you can't just move a piece and
0: make up how to play.
1: Well, oh, you don't get to tell me what I can and can't do. No, move that back. Fucking get off! Don't touch my pieces. You're cheating. What, You're cheating. 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 That's oh an invasion God, of I'm my pieces. Cheating. That. You're Stop cheating. fingering my bishop. You oh don't know what he's. God s- it's not. Oh. Start your Ashwood City journey and listen to The Offensive wherever you get your podcasts.
0: The Offensive is a Stack Production. And we're back with the fax machine. What have we got this week from our listeners, Mr Donaldson? We got a message from Ronnie. Hi, uh,
1: Ronnie. My name is Ronnie, and I'm from the Russian island of Sakhalin, uh, the one that was in the news recently because of the man who swam to escape to Japan. I'm currently living and studying in the UK. Back in Russia, uh, when I went to primary school, uh, I learned that the war between Japan and Russia is technically not over, meaning that the Kuril Islands, which stretch between Hokkaido and Kamchatka, uh, fall under disputed territories. Do Japanese people have any strong opinions about opinions about these islands? Best wishes, Ronnie. I mean, I suppose, Chris, they're just in a situation where there's just loads of islands, loads of disputed islands, and it's probably quite far down the pecking order when it comes to worrying (laughs) about stuff.
0: Well, I mean, Japan has over 6,000 islands, right? There's always going to be a few disputed ones. There's ones disputed with Korea, Taiwan, China, and Russia, pretty much Mm. every country that borders Japan. But, uh, yeah, Yeah. we talked about the Kuril Islands, the, the, the Russian guy who swam over... Um, because the closest island to Japan is a, is one of the Kurio Islands, and it's only, right. I think, was it 15 kilometres or 15 miles off the coast of Hokkaido? Yeah, it wasn't of Yeah. Hmm. Um, but because in Japan they see it as Japanese territory, they don't sort of say, oh, you know, Russia's 15 kilometres away. They say that Sakhalin, uh, where Ronnie's from, is the closest island, which is 45 right, kilometres get... away. But the Kurio Islands, I've always wanted to go there. They look incredible. What I will say is, I find most Japanese people that I've spoken to don't really care about it, uh, mm. about getting the islands back. They're much more like, much more interested on making sure China doesn't get the Senkaku Islands or they're having a dispute with Korea. The Kurio Islands mostly take a back seat. The only time they were in the news a lot was when Shinzo Abe was the prime minister. And he would often meet with like Vladimir Putin and be like, can we have the islands back? And Putin would be like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> next year we'll talk about it. And he sort of strung him along very cleverly. Uh, very yeah. smartly to uh, to sort of win favor and uh, get concessions from Shinzo Abe, <laughs> trying to you know, it's great you know it's like, but uh, but in the end Shinzo Abe left power and um, mm. and he didn't get them back and I don't think Japan ever will really but yeah most people yeah. I've spoken to don't really care about it so if you're a Russian person coming to Japan don't worry I don't think you're going to get any hate from it um,
1: did you at um, all. did you say Chris that um, um, uh, I can't remember his first, but you know Yoshihide Suga, he's uh, he's on his way out. He's, he's he is, not going to yeah. contest the next uh, leadership election, so he's he's backing a guy called uh, Taro Kono, uh, a very um, social media savvy uh, vaccine rollout expert guy. Um, so he may very well be the, uh, the the next prime minister of Japan. Turns
0: out, yeah, actually, uh, when <laughs> when Joey and Connor got their vaccines, they did it as part mm. of like a social media push. Uh, from the Japanese government to try and encourage younger folks to take the vaccine. Very smart move, perhaps, by Taro Connell. But there's like a video of Taro Connell just standing in the room watching Jerry, the anime man, get a needle stuffed in his arm. And he's like really... (laughs) And Taro Connell just looks really sinister. He's just standing in his doorway in the dark looking. Yeah, it's crazy. And he just like... He sort of walks past Connor. See dog. and gives him a nod, and Connor's just like, "Why am I?" He can tell Connor's just like, "Why are they filming <laughs> here?" It's a pretty funny video yeah, that, but uh, yeah, <laughs> he seems to be on the ball more than most Japanese ministers. I mean, I, I'm I'm not overly interested in Japanese politics. It's not my mm. area of expertise. It's not chicken or Kit Kats, but yep. uh, it's not chicken or Kit Kats. <laughs> 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 I don't think anyone's going to really miss Yoshihide Suga. He was always supposed to be like a stopgap after Shinzo Abe mm. and someone. Actually good. And uh, yeah, I think he's on his way out. But uh, he'll always be remembered by us here on the podcast for his uh, his 50 press-ups every morning. Remember that? He gets up at 4 a.m. Iron abs, Yoshihide Suga. He is
1: very much a big muscle man.
0: <laughs> he's a fitter man 50, than
1: you and I will ever
0: be. <laughs> he's True. over True. 70. Good God. Hello, Chris and Pete. My name is Diral, and I'm from Chicago, Illinois. My question this week is, would it be awkward to travel to Japan by myself. I'm concerned about how hard it would be for me to spend upwards of two weeks doing whatever I want by myself and dealing with a language barrier. Uh thank you for your time, Chris and Pete, Dural Patel. That's quite an interesting Ooh. question. I mean I haven't I mean I've lived in Japan nine years, but I haven't really travelled much alone. Uh a great deal, and I, mm. I'm not really the sort of person that enjoys travelling alone either. Um I mean have you done it much, Pete? I feel like you haven't I do. really, have you?
1: Oh yeah. I I've I've done I've done Japan for a week by myself. Yeah, definitely. Like maybe, oh, you, maybe I went on, to Niigata didn't you on two or yeah. three on two or three occasions I've I've sort of rolled around on myself on myself with myself. Yeah, it it's <laughs> it's a very different dynamic. It's very lonely at times, but the upside is you get to do whatever the fuck you want and you don't have to sort of <laughs> but but the problem is I'm quite a lazy bugger and if I've got jet lag I just I will just sleep all day if I've got the chance, and, well, you, and, are, and you know it's an expensive holiday, and I'll just sort of like lie my Airbnb and sort of go look. I'm knackered. I'm going to enjoy this sleep more than you know going out there and and, and doing doing stuff. But yeah, I I, I should I, I need someone with me who's going to sort of drive me onto sort it. of doing interesting stuff
0: rather than me just rolling and rolling. Around what I mean? Like a what shit. kind of uh, yeah, I'm always, I've always disappointed whenever I meet you on your first day or two in Japan because you just, mm. you're just dead, absolutely knackered, absolutely on knackered. Bed.
1: But I don't but, drink enough coffee. I should. I never
0: take a I smash out of back
1: the coffee because I'm always sort of like, I'm always sort of like, look, I will need to sleep at some point, so I'm not going to smash back loads of coffee. But well, that's exactly what I should do. I should be drinking loads of coffee
0: to get through.
1: Idiot. <laughs> I drink so
0: much iced coffee and I've got so much mm. caffeine running through my blood I can literally see through into another dimension it's amazing yeah. i transcended the fourth the fifth dimension whatever it is got to get that muffin uh, done mate got to get that muffin <laughs> done yeah well <laughs> I'm on the crank. floor I need a lot of caffeine to get through it but I don't know <laughs> I, I don't think it's going to be awkward travelling Japan on your own Japan's very safe Japan's pretty fun mm. my advice would be go to an interesting bar have a drink and just chat to someone it's always yeah. a bit awkward going to a bar on your own and I, again I'm not overly good at it um, but people do what, it what more do do? in America and Japan though, I would say than I, mm. I mean I, I, I don't know what
1: um, I don't know what Illinois is like I, in fact I do know exactly what Illinois is like um, we did a ramble live tour I've been to Chicago a few times uh, and it's great so I reckon you could probably go drinking by yourself in, in, in Chicago you, but Daryl may not drink Instead alcoholic drinks but you can certainly just pop into a, pop into a pub and just uh, you know have a chat
0: people are very friendly I mean where, when you traveled alone, do you have any recollections of going into a bar or doing something alone? And how oh, yeah, felt? definitely.
1: i had, I think Ni- Nigata, I had uh, a really good night. um. Uh, I I went into a place where it was just th- it was three people the the, the host um and, and and two guys um and everyone was gay weirdly <laughs> it was like, everyone no. was like it wasn't a, I, I don't right. think it was, a, it was it was a gay, a gay bar but um they, they're going I am homosexual <laughs> and the other one I am homosexual and the woman went I am homosexual I went all right cool I mean like I want, what like, did you say <laughs> <laughs> did I you went good, good good on you guys good good stuff um yeah but you, you just don't want to. Uh, yeah, it was it was just kind of a, a, a weird experience where everyone felt the need to uh, express what they were into, so to speak. It was Fantastic. very strange, but they did say I looked like a footballer because of my muscles. <laughs> I was, I was, I was, uh, I had the muscles of a footballer apparently. So wow, yeah. the muscles of got, could have got could have had a great night. Could have had a great night if I hadn't left,
0: <laughs> but they were lovely. Good God, yeah. that's great though. Fracken. That's really nice. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 just roll around. You're, you're bar, a better bar. man than I am. <laughs> I suppose after a drink or two it gets a lot easier there, right? You can yeah. lay your hair down a And bit. in and in the words of uh the bloke from Peepshaw, you're never alone with a mobile phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love Peepshaw. I need to rewatch it. We got one here yeah. from Carell. Hey Chris and Pete, my name's Carell. I'm 17 years old and I'm from Canada, I'm from Quebec in Canada. Uh I'm mm. planning a trip that's very special. I want to visit all of Japan. Well, all four main islands. As a foreigner Visiting Japan, how difficult on a scale of one to ten would it be to rent a car? I'm open to any suggestions on different ways to travel the country. Much love from Canada. Uh, didn't we have this one the other day? A similar one to this mm, about how renting to rent a car. I mean, it's very easy. I've watched you rent several cars and um, so and get easy. fined and get fined. While <laughs> get fined. With
1: them. Yeah,
0: um, exactly. Yeah, it's very easy. Get get an international driver's license, turn up to Japan, job done. And uh, Nippon Rent-A-Car and Toyota Rent-A-Car, they all have English websites that are quite easy to navigate and they will help you Mm. book a car through there. It's pretty easy, though, and I highly recommend it because all the best stuff in Japan, in my view, you kind of need a car to get to, but that's just me. That's just me. Um, That's just me. And when you come here, Pete, next time, you can finally drive and you can appreciate Japan on the road for yourself, right?
1: Yeah. On the left-hand side, I'm I'm going to, I've got a couple of weeks off booked, and I'm going to go to where the hell am I going? Tenerife. I'm going to go to Tenerife. Never been to Tenerife. Thought get some sunshine, relax the fuck out. Um, and I think I'm going to probably rent a car, see if I can have a toot around. On the right-hand side of the road, worrying, lovely, (laughs) rather worrying.
0: I'm rather jealous. I I, I've got this. I feel like I can't leave Japan at the moment just because of the stress of it Mm. all, the nightmare of getting in and out. So I'm quite jealous right. of people travelling the world and going to Tenerife. I'm especially jealous <laughs> of you. But, yeah, uh, indeed. But keep the stories, questions, comments coming into to brawnjapanpodcast at gmail.com. We'll be back in the next few days still over again. But for now, guys, no matter where you might be, out there in the big wide world, have yourself a great few days. And we'll see you right back here all over again on the Brawn Japan Podcast. Bye for now. And that's a wrap.
1: Broad in Japan is a stack production and part
0: of the Acast Creator Network.